This is In The Zone. Now let me take you back. One week ago, I read in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch about a newcomer to the airways in St. Louis. And he goes by the name of Dino Costa. And the, and the first thing that came to my mind is, who in the blue hell is that Rudy Pooh? On the In The Zone Network. Hello, St. Louis. This is Tyreek Bays Bay. I'm here to give you a few details about STL Undrafted Clothing. STL Undrafted Clothing is a brand that represents St. Louis history and culture through design. Our core shirt is a St. Louis certified tee that comes in a variety of colors that represents our abilities to overcome obstacles and achieve things that may seem impossible while remaining ourselves. You can follow us on Instagram for products and pictures of St. Louis, which also provides you with a link to our website for online shopping. My Blooming Health Mobile is a concierge clinical lab serving Missouri and Illinois. We bring the lab to you. Elderly, disabled, or just too busy to stop to get your blood work done, we will bring the lab to you. For your privacy and convenience, we are also available for your drug testing and DNA paternity needs. Allow us to bring you comfort by bringing the lab to you. We are also available for employer drug screenings. You may reach us at www.mybloominghealth.com or 314-942-3272. That's 314-942-3272. I'm Peter Vesey. I have no filter. I've got no bank account. And I'm in the zone. The fall worm does contain language that some might find objectionable. Parental discretion is advised. How rude of me. Shadota. Turn up off the music. Just blaze, man. Birthplace of Michael Jordan, home of Biggie Small, Rockefeller headquarters. Ladies and gentlemen, Killer Cam, Young Hove is definitely in the building. Brooklyn, Harlem World, Stand and welcome to In The Zone. We're going city to city, state to state, worldwide. You're listening to In The Zone, and this is the network. Palmer Alexander, a.k.a. V, living legend, K-I-L, one Allen kill. But kill, still kill. Joining us on our celebrity line, as advertised, the legendary Hall of Famer, Peter Vesey. How you doing, Peter? Who the bleep is this calling me at 546 in the morning? Crack of dawn in. Now I'm yawning. Like cold from my eyes. Who's calling me? And why? I'm cracking up. Yeah, I'm cracking up. Biggie. Biggie. Come on. You know, if there was one person I wish I could have met and hung out with, it's the notorious D.I.G. So there you go. And I wish my second my second thing was yeah, I wish I could do for you, you know, Cedric the Entertainer's uh, little little thing with Nelly. <laughs> you know, you call me on my phone, I'll call you on, you know. <laughs> oh, I wish I could memorize that. <laughs> hey, you know, I never never would have thought that we would got a uh, little bit of a freestyle from Peter Vesey. So that's that <laughs> it only happens it in the zone, man. Only here, man. O- only only here. here. So 
Oh. I could do I could do the watch for you, but you know we'd all be bleak. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Peter, uh, uh, one of the, one yeah. of the main reasons why we wanted you on is that again that. You know, when it comes to basketball talking hoops, uh, your name resonates. And, and I remember as a teenager uh, when the NBA switched to NBC and, and seeing you in studio with Bob Costas and, and Pat Riley. And my first time seeing Peter Vesey, and I'm like, OK, what what's what's what this guy's going to bring to the table? And being in St. Right. Louis, you know, being in the center of America, we don't get that kind of just right between the eyes. And I thought that right. was real refreshing, you know, kind of getting that, you know, that type of commentary because everybody always seemed to be holding back. Yeah, and, and for the most part probably still are. Um, you know, I mean that's why they hired me when they when I tried out auditions for the for the spot. They they liked that I, you know, would would say what's on my mind. Of course, you know, over the years that's saying what's on my mind about the people who hired me <laughs> has cost has cost me millions but you know it is what it is and uh you know i i basically uh you know i'm happy with with the way i handle things so how many other journalists did you end up having to you know to to beat out to uh get on nbc you know i've always i've always used the number of about 50 okay and uh, i know they they brought in they brought in a lot of it wasn't only journalists it was uh you know, general general managers, uh, coaches. Uh, they they were trying to put together, you know, a, a little thing. They had Riley. Riley was going to co-host. Uh, he was going to host it initially, but he, he realized he couldn't do that. So then Costas was the co-host, and um, you know, so you know, Bob Ferry was the original insider alongside me. He was the the former general manager of the the Bullets. You know, and um, and a player played for. By the way, played played for St. Louis University and the St. Louis Hawks. Ooh. And um, so you should, you know, look him up. But but Bob Bob, you know, could only say so much. You know, he 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 was uh, he wasn't going to say what I would say. So they kept mm-hmm. switching people every year. They bring in somebody new. You know, and uh, and then my role expanded every year. And um, and you know. It's, they, they they trusted me more and more, and at the end they trusted me less and less. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they said, uh, you know, maybe maybe you shouldn't work in the studio anymore. <laughs> uh, but actually, actually, that was my idea to get out of the studio. At the end, I, I, I felt really confined there. And then the last year or two, I I went to games, and I, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed being on the scene and picking up information and being able to you know, give it live, right? You know, you didn't have to make a phone call. You could just, you know, say what you just learned. I, I remember being in the playoffs, uh, just to give you one instance that jumps out at me, being in the playoffs at Toronto, up in Toronto, and uh, the Raptors lost. And I went in the locker room, and Tracy McGrady whispered in my ear that he was not going to come back to Toronto. Wow. wow! And so, so I went right on the air with that, and then you know that kind of stuff. How do you beat that stuff? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think anybody's doing that, or even even remotely close to that. All they do is they they get on and they, they sideline people or whoever's at the game. They give you soliloquies of nonsense. You know, <laughs> this guy just said that, and they'll quote them verbatim. I said this, and he said that, and I said, oh my. God, you know, how about giving us some news, you know, find out something and give it to us. You're there. 
for how many hours you think you could talk to somebody and come up with something that, you know, that nobody's had before. Um, I, you know, again, I remember, uh, remember very vividly cause it's one of my biggest stories ever, but on the air, on the air live, we broke the story that, uh, I broke the story that Brian Hill was going to be fired by the Orlando magic, that there was an insurrection that the team held a, a meeting. The players held a players only meeting the night before, and they voted to, uh, to get rid of their coach. And so Orlando was playing that day, and um, my boss, uh, we could have done it right before the game, but my boss, Dick Ebersole, thought it would be better to wait until after the game, and he was correct. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have totally messed up the game. And uh, so right after the game, they came to me in the studio, and I broke the story that this was going to be uh, his last game, and uh, I told Cole about the insurrection. And uh, – Matt Gukas and, and Marv Albert were doing the game, and I remember Matt Gukas being they didn't they didn't tip them off, and I really they they did that to me. They blindsided me once like mm-hmm. that, and I, I really didn't appreciate it. And uh, so we blindsided those guys, and and, and here we had Matt Gukas, who was a former coach of the Orlando Magic, right, mm-hmm. and a good friend of Brian Hills, and he goes, no, you know, this this is not real, you know, this is not right, um, I, you know, I know everything's going on, I don't need to say that, but, you know, he, he knows everybody, and nobody said anything to him, and blah, blah, so he's refuting it with me on the air, and, uh, you know, anyway, <laughs> um, it wasn't his last game, they, they kept him one more game, and I had, I didn't realize they had a game in Philly after that. And so before going home and I had to, I had to sweat through about two or three days of getting annihilated by the media for, right. you know, having this wrong. And then he was fired and, um, you know, it's and one of the biggest stories ever, but here we go on live on television and break this story. Tell me, tell me if that's ever been done before in sports, wow. you know, and got no credit for it. Still get no credit for it. You know, it's like, what? You know, big deal. They got, can't. Even, they can't even give you an injury, fresh injury uh, at the game. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. We got Peter Vesey. He's joining us on our celebrity line, sponsored by Gossip Pasta. So, uh, Peter, con- continue on with with uh, with your rollover at, at NBC at, at the current time, and and you were still writing for the New York Daily News. No, the Post. Was, I, I was for the Post. The post. Okay. Uh, I switched to the Post in '77. The same, and then. And then uh, I, I went to USA Today at the same time as I went to NBC. Okay. So I was writing for USA Today for three years, the first three years of NBC. NBC had the NBA 12 years. I was there all 12 years. I was only one of about five people in the whole organization that was there the whole 12 years. Yeah. And, and, um, and then I left USA Today and went back to the Post after three years. And then I was, you know there until 2012 i believe when uh when you was working as, as an owner talent at, at nbc and also writing and you know being from new york was there any concern about a a bias towards the knicks uh if anything it was a bias against the knicks <laughs> I, no i i was never never a fan of a team uh i absolutely was a fan of players mm-hmm. certain players and i was absolutely uh, anti certain players. Um, okay. and so, 
You know, I feel that's that's the job of a columnist, and that was my job as as a uh, commentator that I should take opinions like that and go with them. And uh, you know, and and again, I didn't hold back, and and I would take on some big people, and I think that was probably the uh, um, you know what set me apart and and uh, allowed allowed me to to do what I did because the players and the coaches and the, and the management people realized that I, I would take on the number one guy on the team as well as taking on or much, much more likely than to take on the 12th man. Um, you know, so I think that's how I, I gained the respect of everybody. So what was it like? Most, most everybody. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you, at one point, you know, Pat Riley's in studio with you. And then now yeah. he's he, now he's coaching the Knicks. The, how, how was you able to kind of manage that, or what was your relationship like with Pat Riley in studio? And then <laughs> when he became a coach of the Knicks. So you've thought about these questions, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, seriously, I've I've probably been on uh, a thousand shows since I retired, and nobody's ever asked me that. And it's a great question. And and so before. Pat Riley and I joined forces in the studio. When he was with the Lakers, we were really, we were boys. You know, okay. I could call him up and I, I could get him to return. Man, maybe he did it with everybody. I mean, he's, he, he called me right back, you know, even during the finals or, you know, whatever, the playoffs or before the playoffs. He'd call me, we'd speak. And I, I, I really enjoyed, I cherished that relationship. And then we worked together and, that that didn't work too well because uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, I I think I still was who I was, but Pat Pat uh, took another form of life on that show. And uh, um, I was telling my son the other day, like we weren't even allowed in his green room. Wow. He he had a room by himself, and we were not allowed in there. He would go in there and smoke and uh, close the door and. Um, and he wouldn't share his Amani affiliation with us. I had to, I had to go out and get a a closed deal for us uh, for the rest of us. So yeah, there was a, there was friction, and then also also he wouldn't uh, speak about certain things. We had a, a mock draft one one time, and every every four of us the four of us up there were given the top. I think the lottery was twelve at that time. I don't remember, but I think we were given four top four teams each. And he was given the Knicks to pick their mock draft, and he wouldn't do it, mm. you know, because because he, you know, he was rumored to be going to the Knicks, and and um, so that was there was friction there. So it didn't work well. But then, you know, at certain times, you know, I was on the air and I and I flubbed stuff, and he saved my ass, mm -hmm. and and I was, you know, forever grateful for that. And uh, you know, he invited me when we were in L.A. for. For the finals, um, I, he he invited everybody over to his house, and you know I was invited there. So you know he he didn't include me. So then, okay, so now he goes to the Knicks, and um, now we're not good at all because you know you know I'm just I'm hitting hard in certain areas, and and I have sources. He never he never appreciated the fact that I had sources on the team, he would be quoted as saying, you know, any, uh, you know whoever leaked that to, you know, quoting, whoever leaked that to Vessi, you know, is a goddamn coward, you know, and blah, not part of our team. And so, so there was that. 
And and then we jump forward, you know, all these years later. Oh, no more. I take it back. Then he left to go to uh, Miami. You know, he faxed in his resignation, and you know, I killed him at that. And then he wanted to fight me outside a locker room in Orlando. After that, and, uh, that that was pretty uh, that was pretty intense. And um, and then years later, I, I consider him a great friend of mine. I, I just uh, I, I really respect him. Um, he respects me. Um, I wish I wish I was still writing more, so I could the more. I wish I was writing so I could. You know, write the kind of stuff that he's told me in the last few years. And, uh, you know, that article about him in ESPN magazine was fabulous mm-hmm. about him. The best thing that's ever been written about him, where he really let let go of a lot of his innermost thoughts and feelings. And uh, if you haven't read it, if people haven't read it. They really ought to look it up. It was fabulous. And so... Um, so there we are, you know, like it's almost full cycle, even better today, but I'm not around him that much. But every time I see him, we, we went to a funeral uh, last year mm-hmm. down in uh, North Carolina. Jim McMillan died, and that was his teammate from the Lakers. And Jimmy, and, I covered Jimmy at Columbia and covered him his whole pro career, and I love Jim McMillan. So I went to the funeral in Winston-Salem, and, and there's Pat. Pat shows up. He had just gone to Muhammad Ali's funeral in Louisville. So you catch exactly when it was. And then he flew from Louisville to, uh, to Winston-Salem. And, um, and only one player, only one of the teammate was there. Bob McAdoo was there. That was Jimmy's um, Buffalo Braves and Nick's teammate. And then, you know, and, and, and uh, Pat, Pat said to me, you know, gave me a tremendous compliment. When he saw me, he says, I knew you'd be here. (laughs) You know, man, makes me cry. More with Peter Vesey right after this break. You're listening to In the Zone on the In the Zone Network. Hello, St. Louis. This is Tyreek Bays Bay. I'm here to give you a few details about STL Undrafted Clothing. STL Undrafted Clothing is a brand that represents St. Louis history and culture through design. Our core shirt is a St. Louis certified tee that comes in a variety of colors that represents our abilities to overcome obstacles and achieve things that may seem impossible while remaining ourselves. You can follow us on Instagram for products and pictures of St. Louis, which also provides you with a link to our website for online shopping. This is In The Zone. Now let me take you back. One week ago, I read in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch about a newcomer to the airways in St. Louis. And he goes by the name of Dino Costa. And And the first thing that came to my mind is, who in the blue hell is that Rudy Pooh? on the In The Zone Network. 